Welcome back to another episode of Endurance Icons. Just your hosts, Mark and Jess here today. Welcome back for another episode. We're going to dive into a bunch of exciting stuff that's happening in the world of endurance sports today. So there's been some really epic results in the running and triathlon world, as well as some cool documentaries and stuff out. So we're going to go through all the excitement there and unpack some of that. And then we're going to talk a bit about what some of our upcoming plans are, which play into some of the craziness that's been happening in racing and also introing a new rapid fire section at the end so you can get to know us a little better and uh and start the buzz with you guys of uh your favorite and least favorite things so i think this will be a good uh combo starter for people as well um so jess how are you today i'm fantastic i got home from work not too long ago you made a delicious dinner it's sunny outside a little bit smoky which we'll get to later but overall i'm fantastic how are you doing I'm good. Yeah, we had a great track session this morning. It was a little dicey as we left the house. We weren't sure what the, as it was high on the smoke meter, mm-hmm. if you want to call it. And we were a little worried, but it was actually totally fine. And now it looks like all the smoke is cleared. So I know yeah. when I crushed my workout today, which I normally am not able to say. Yeah, it's like sort of you were subpar. putting the pain on the group today. I know we had mile repeats at the track, which was fun. Got your revenge after I beat up on you Monday, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> after uh, why we were doing a workout Monday and we were supposed to be racing last weekend, but we'll get to that when we get to the Tromblon section. But um, recently we watched a pretty amazing documentary on Netflix, kind of a, a similar one to the Formula One that was out before called um, the Tour de France documentary Unchained. What did you think of that? It made me so so excited for the tour like I I was obsessed the moment that I finished watching it I'm like I will watch this again and those who know me know that I hate re-watching things so that's a huge statement but anytime that I'm on the bike going forward it will probably be some version of that so did you have a new favorite rider that came out of there oh my god yeah <laughs> who is it Wout Van Art. and honestly if I wasn't married and he wasn't married honestly He's amazing. <laughs> just for his bike riding skills or just because he's a hot guy? What? I mean, a combination of everything. He's like my new favorite for all the reasons. His hair doesn't even look real. It's just like so magical like and majestic. Little, I know. And he's he's just like he has cool boy vibes, you yeah. know? Honestly, if you had to leave me, it would be I wouldn't I wouldn't even be mad if it was for a well Van art. He's a legend. Uh, he is such a great all-around rider. Okay. And I love how they I know that we were some of his interviews online said they he didn't love how he was portrayed um, and maybe not a team player, but I actually disagree. I feel like they did show a really strong uh, team performance there, and it was great to see how they all interact, not just him and, and uh, Jonas, but just all, all of the teamwork that happens. How about you? Do you have a favorite rider? Um, I had watched it before. Like I watched the tour live every year just because I have... I'm a big fan of the sport and have always enjoyed it. And definitely uh, last year, Tom Pidcock, who had that epic stage where he was doing that crazy descent and one on Alpe de Huez, um, he became a, a big favorite of mine last year. So he's such he, a badass. I know. He's just like, yeah, not afraid of anything. And like, just seems like a, a nice British guy that just likes to rip it up. So he kind of, I enjoyed watching him a lot. I know it's such a great documentary and I know we're going to dive into a little bit of the tour in our next uh, chat that we have probably in about a month, but I'm excited that it's coming up. I'm excited to watch the tour. Um, I think it's one of my favorite parts of the summer. 
for sure. Yeah, I've, I think I've watched it every year for the last like four or five, even like years before that, even when I was just getting into endurance sport, I was always watching it. So yeah, it's uh, it's amazing what those guys can do. So I just think cycling is one of the most beautiful sports in the world. Like it's so elegant and it's teamwork. It's dramatic. There's all these unwritten rules. Um, like one of my favorite moments in the tour document, and actually I don't think they highlighted it so much, but uh, you definitely see it when you watch the tour is if, if a lead rider has a mechanical, um, or one of the, the top riders, they will actually stop because it really is so much person against person. Um, they wouldn't beat up on you if you had a mechanical. And I just love the sportsmanship that is within cycling. Like, it's just, it's such an incredible thing to watch. Yeah. It's cool that they just want to win straight up, like based on their fitness or based off somebody's mistake, maybe they made, but not, uh, not a mechanical that might've been out of their control. So that part's cool. And they're all such savages, like to do that day after day. And then they rip up their kits, then like watching some of their descents, like they're some of the bravest people, I think, like, I just, I love it. I'm so in awe. Yeah. Tough as nails. I love all those memes you see of like a soccer player gets grazed and they're like lying on the ground looking like they died. And then you got a tour de France guy who yeah, crashed and is all scraped up bleeding. And he's back on the bike two seconds later, tearing it up a mountain. And you're like, okay, those guys are cut from the different cloth. <laughs> and I also love that we have a tour for women now. Yeah. And also speaking of powerful, badass female riders, Allison, who was on the podcast recently, just crushed it with a race performance. Yeah. What happened? She won cycling nationals. Nice. Yes. She won the, uh, the road race in a, a sprint. You said at that the like end. a test. <laughs> I know just making sure you're, uh, you're tapped in, but yeah, she won the road race, which is cool. She had a, it played out pretty cool. She had a teammate in the race as well, who was in the breakaway for a long time. And then it all came back together and she got a sweet lead out and, and nailed it home. So good for her. She did pretty solid in the, um, TT and crit as well. She, I think she was fourth in the TT, which is cool. Cause uh triathlete Paula Finley won the TT for back-to-back -back years. So that is so incredible to be able to be at the top of two sports. Like I, I, I know that yes, we ride triathlon bike, but like a time trial is so different. Even the setup of your bike is different. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Especially so with the UCI stuff and like crazy with Taylor nib recently, I would say it's almost even more epic what she did. She got signed by Trek Segafredo and then she just came fourth at US TT nationals, which like the three women that beat her are three of the like best in women's cycling, like for the time trial. So it's like Chloe Digard and Amber Nieben who are like crazy time trialists. And she was like beating them through the main section of it and then just lost it at the end. So like, holy, what a future she has in cycling as well. So cool to see. I know it's so exciting to watch uh, that crossover and some yeah. of the the powerful women that we have in the sport, like throwing down in other arenas. Um, and speaking of powerful ladies, uh, Courtney uh, DeWalter at the Western States just annihilated yeah. the course record. This is so much in sort of the public sphere that the CEO at work, who is not an endurance athlete, was sending me links to it. Like it is in public knowledge. That is how like 78 minutes under the record. Like that's just remarkable. Yeah. She was only like 30 minutes behind the male winner. I'm pretty sure. I know. That's what a, nuts. She just crushes it. Yeah. I, I just love the vibe she brings too. She's got her like baggy shorts. She's not trying to be this like perfectly sleek person. She's just like, I'm out there to have a good time and crush it. And holy did she ever. But that's a vibe of 
trail running, which okay. I love. Like I know that Lucy Bartholomew, when she was on the podcast, was just saying, you know, the 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 swankiness that we have in triathlon. She's like, yeah, I showed up at the pro panel and I, you know, I looked raggedy, and I just love that she owns it. And yeah, the laid backness, but that doesn't mean that they aren't just dripping in talent. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Lucy, holy! If you haven't gone all over to her Instagram, there is a a heart wrenching but also amazing moment there. So she ran with her. If you remember from our episode, she was running with her dad at Western stage. So she did eight hours with her dad and her dad ended up finishing in 30 hours and two minutes, which is two oh. minutes off of the cutoff. So the, the line was essentially, he made it to the Auburn track, which is where the Western States finished, no but buckle. no buckle. Oh, so sad. Two minutes, but like they they bring such a positive vibe to it. I loved it. Like all of their recaps were just like doesn't matter if you get the buckle or not like you friggin' completed that distance which is a feat in itself yeah. and you went through all the emotions and you got there like he'll be back to get that buckle but like damn that's that was so cool and to see the videos and just like how invested she was it was really like yeah it was a really cool moment yeah I know and then uh what about challenge Roth I know that we were watching that last weekend there were some crazy crazy times thrown down there yeah people are saying this might have been like the most epic weekend of long distance course triathlon racing ever. Like people, Sebastian Keenly talked about these performances that Magnus and Daniela threw down as like equivalent to like landing on the moon. Like that's how epic he was calling them. So um, I'll give you a quick rundown of what happened in them. So if we talk about the women's race, huge statement from Daniela Reef, who came back and beat the, um, Chrissy Wellington's record by 10 minutes for the iron distance. So she swam 50 minutes right on uh, the feet of Fenella language. Who's like a top tier swimmer, like swam with Lucy Charles at like the last Ironman world champs bike to 422 and follows it up with a 251 marathon. And like, she's beat, she beat Anne Haug by like 13 minutes. And like, Anne Haug is just one PTO European open is like, on fire right now and holy what a statement i feel like every time people start to doubt daniela she just goes like all right we'll see about that she did that at saint george when they had worlds there and then this again and she has her blips but wow it's I amazing know. when she's on that's what i was saying this weekend when i just watching her put on that performance i was just saying i love when daniela just decides to show up and remind everyone who she is it's like in case you forgot i'm daniela Reed. yeah i am the greatest <laughs> long distance triathlete of all time like you could debate chrissy wellington's up there with her but like yeah. even chrissy like in her post is like yeah like at the finish line, it was so cool to see Chrissy Wellington and Jan Ferdino doing a bunch of the stuff around the race, like two of the best of all time. And they're even like bowing down to Magnus and Daniela, just saying like, holy, there is a new era here. So yeah, that was really cool. So Daniela got the win there and then Anne Haug was second. Laura Phillip ended up passing Chelsea Sodaro, who had a, a bit of a rough go and ended up DNFing. And her coach again is just crazy. Like he went eight eighteen. He's an age grouper. Dan Plews, like so crazy. Um, but then yeah, Fenella and Lisa there. So it was like what a women's field. And man, Daniela, what a statement. I hopefully, it, I think it's gonna chalk up to this same group going back to Kona with Lucy in the mix too. And it's gonna be exciting to watch. I get to watch it firsthand. I love. I, I saw a meme online afterward, and I it was just you know and. I'm more of a runner than a cyclist, although I do like cycling, but they're saying, you know, cyclists making a statement to people who say you can't win an Ironman on the bike, like, yeah. like a 422, 
like for me. <laughs> yeah, she crazy. went 808. A couple <laughs> years ago, it was crazy. Like it was the performance of your life for men to go under eight hours in an Ironman. She just went 808. Like how long until we see a female go under eight hours? Like it doesn't seem that far away if they keep getting fitter, more optimized on the bike. These shoes, they keep coming out. The research we hear companies like Deborah doing, how much faster can you go in the water? Like, I don't think it's that far away. It's exciting. Like I'm, I'm so times. excited for the future of the sport, just watching how much people are improving and yeah. quickly. Yeah. And they, the crazy thing about this Roth race is they had some really weird stuff in there. Like you couldn't have any of those weird bike optimizations. Like Joe Skipper couldn't have all his like 40 bottles on his arrow bars. <laughs> But what they did allow, they didn't have the um, blocks on um, any of the shoe stuff that World Triathlon has in there. So when we go to the men's race, so a uh, men's recap. So another technically um, iron distance record, um, Christian Blumenfeld's gone 721 in Cosmo, but that was also a downstream swim. That was like a 38 minute swim he did in that. So like there's a, a bit of an asterisk there. So um, but Magnus Ditlev came back one again this year. He went 724. So like so crazy fast, 46 minute swim. So he was like just off the heels, like I think 30 seconds or a minute behind Ben Canute and Daniel Backergaard rode 357. So like 46 kilometers an hour on this. And there's like, they have like solar hill and stuff on this race. It isn't a pancake course. And then followed up with a 237 run, like so crazy. 724. I, I can't believe it. And there was some other like remarkable, like Patrick Lang, you yeah. know, he's a runner. So that's where when you talk about the stack height, he has these Adidas prototype shoes that he was allowed to wear in this. He won't be able to wear them in other races, but 50 millimeter stack height, two carbon plates in it. Oof. So you got to think that thing had some spring in it. Like you, it's still the runner in the end. And like, who knows how much benefit that gave him, but yeah, he was watching Patrick run. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. majestic. But this is the cool thing about Magnus and Patrick. So in this race, Patrick was finished six minutes behind Magnus and had a two thirty run. So again, this is the fastest, uh, run in a long distance, um, triathlon as well, uh, beating his record from Israel late last year. Um, but the crazy thing is Patrick looks just so majestic when he's running, but then you look at Magnus and you're like, oh my goodness, this guy kind of looks like slow almost. And then you look at the splits and they're almost running like close to the same splits. So it's like crazy to see two totally different runners and what they look like, but still going similar speed. I think that's my favorite thing about spectating and watching people is just the coolest thing about running is everyone has their own unique trait. Like when we were watching um, the Olympic at Trumbla over the weekend, one of us made a comment that, you know, the, you know, the people that you train with, you could probably make a black silhouette. You wouldn't see their face and you'd be able to point out who that person is. Everyone has their <laughs> sort of signature. I think it's so great that everyone has their own unique style of running and you probably shouldn't even change it that much. Like your body adapts and optimizes for you. So yeah, that, that distant difference is going to happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. Yeah. Totally. Um, third in that race, pretty cool. Ben Canute, his second Ironman. And like, man, what a, like people doubted him to be able to do well over this distance. And now he just went 737 for fastest American ever in his second Ironman. He's been sub eight both times now, like pretty wild. And then poor Sam Laidlow was, uh, yes, (laughs) swam at the front with Magnus and then biked with Magnus. They got off the bike together and they ran together for a while, but he seems to have 
apparently he had a bunch of like liver issues and stuff recently and then um yeah it looked like his his gut was off on this one again and unfortunately he fell apart it would have been cool to see if he could have hung in there with magnus right till the end but i feel like this is just crazy all these guys like magnus and sam laidlow and stuff are like 23 24 years old like babies wild changing of the guard these guys have so many good years in front of them hopefully they don't just leave it all out there in their mid-20s and and are patient and and spend many years doing this play the long game i know just like frederick funk last week he was so good in saying you know i'm focusing on taking it slow i understand i want to be in here till my late 30s so poor freddie had a bike crash last week so (laughs) yeah he was on the challenger off coverage um Belinda and Jan were saw him come in and they're like, Freddie, well, like, why do you have bandages all over you? And he apparently hit a cat on his on his training ride. Just for, for everyone, the cat is totally fine. But he said he was literally biking along and a cat went into his front wheel and he crashed. <laughs> I heard that on the coverage and I just started dying laughing. Like he's, he's okay. It looks like he's got to take a little bit off running, but he said he can still bike and stuff. But like, poor Freddie, like that's brutal. Rides over a cat. <laughs> you didn't see that one coming. Yeah. I feel like I should have told you this story off air. We're going to have to edit this laughing spree out. <laughs> It's just that we're not editing this out. <laughs> Let's talk about Tromblon. Yeah. I'm going to just keep weeping over this cat. Yeah. So Tromblon, holy, this was, this was really dubbed to be, especially for myself as a coach and a coaching business that's grown over the last uh, two or three years since its existence was really like, this was going to be our like pinnacle weekend here in Tromblon. We had like over 40 athletes racing between the Olympic and the 70.3. And beautiful days. I was up there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all beautiful days, no wind, super hot. We're going, okay, it's going to be probably nice, calm Sunday, Um, no wind, but probably a hot day. And then, oh man. So maybe you can run through uh, what happened that morning. Okay. So uh, we were in a really awesome Airbnb right near the start. Um, so yeah, we got a really great opportunity to practice that race morning. So all of us were up by, what was it like four 30? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so got to practice that pre-race and the vibe in the house was super chill. Everyone was so prepared. Like you did such a great job as a coach for, there wasn't that nervous energy. Everyone just had that confidence mm-hmm. that yeah, we're, we're something special is going to happen. Uh, we're all super fit. We're ready to go. We all had our taper. Um, so we all like, it was super smooth that morning, gathered all of our stuff, walked down. And I remember stepping out of the house and being like, wow, it's really smoky. Um, cool. And just, you know, carried on. It didn't, wasn't a further thought. Um, we, there was, uh, a, a really significant decline in visibility. So what we could do is maybe, um, on our social this week, we'll share the before and after, um, just the same view, just different days. Um, so there definitely was like the sun was red. Um, so air quality was a factor. And I remember passing as I was going into transition, still didn't think anything of it. Like there was a few moths hitting me and I sort of swatted them away. I was walking past um, a racer in transition who was expressing some concern to the medic tent and just saying, oh, like air quality is a little bit concerning. And I just heard them say, yeah, we're watching it. You should be fine. 
Um, but then I go to rack my bike and it was, I almost wanted to throw up. It was the most disgusting thing I've seen. These moths were everywhere. And so much so that they covered the ground. You couldn't even see the pavement anymore. And all the way up the side, it looked like the apocalypse. And when I got to my bike, it was totally covered in ash. Um, But my favorite thing about all these type A people is that we continued to get ready for the race. And like, I was like, yeah, okay, this is going to be annoying, like a brushing all these moths off my helmet, but like, let's go. It's going to be a great day. Um, But then all of a sudden, um, and how many, how many racers were there in Trombla? Total. I'm yeah, sure, like, like ballpark. 2,500 probably. It's yeah, a like, big race. Yeah. So all of a sudden over the loudspeaker, there was this announcement and it was wild. So say there's 2,500 people. It just went silent to get that many people to just be quiet. You could tell the tone right away. Just yeah. when like, I'm going to give you some information and I'm going to say it in English and then I'm going to say it in French. And you could tell right away it was not going to be good. Yeah. Everyone was just silent. And he announced that just due to public health and for the safety of all the racers that they were canceling the event. And we were literally like 30 minutes from going down to the water, doing our warm up and start. Yeah. It was almost like six 20 at that yeah. point with a 7am start. So, <laughs> and we'll go through different reactions, but my absolute favorite reaction of the day um, goes to the woman beside me who threw her hands in the air and like, cheered she's like yes this is amazing I wasn't supposed to be racing she was injured so no one had a better day than the woman who was racked beside me um what about the girl on the Facebook group she might have had as oh (laughs) my gosh so there was um so three reactions I want to talk about that are actually very hilarious um so Facebook page when we were back at our Airbnb later there was actually do you have it up if not I'll 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 add it um so this woman Um, goes on Facebook and her comment is, hey, does anyone know where to buy cannabis products in Mont-Tremblant? It's not legal where I'm coming from. And I want to know, oh, here it is. I'm going to read it. Um, You can see how off I was. Okay. I'm not going to say her name, but where I am from, cannabis is illegal. Where can it be obtained around here? Asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) So we laughed over that. And then the third, and will go unnamed, but one of the members of our club looked at us and said, I lubed up my butt for this. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear that one. But... I'll tell you what it is after. Oh my but, goodness. Um, overall, I think people were disappointed um, and obviously a wide range of reactions from people, but um, I'm going to pause there. How did you react when you found out? Yeah, I think that's like a maturity in the sport part is like, I totally get it, especially if it's like your first race, you've invested so much time into this money, like all these things for this, like one day that you've like built up so many nerves for, and then it's just so anticlimactic. And I feel like earlier in my career, I would have been angry at the situation and stuff like that. But really my first, I don't know, my first reaction just went into like problem solving mode of just like, okay. Um, how do I get out of here as quickly as possible? Cause it's going to be crazy. And like, I, I felt like right in the moment, I wasn't necessarily that like disappointed about it, but it, then I feel like the more days that have gone on now, I just have more of a like, Oh man, like w- what if like, what, not that I'm saying we should have raced that day. Cause I feel like we all would have permanent lung damage, but Except I'm more, we all would have, they saved us from ourselves. Like that was a group of type a people who would have yeah. just said, yeah, it. I was agreeing with you. I said, we would have, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, it was, I look back on it and it was just like, I chalked this up and it was just on the cusp of being this like magical weekend for myself as a coach, as an athlete, for the club as a whole, like it was just going to be exciting. And then it was just like, ah, like how many opportunities in a year can you get together? Like that amazing of a team of people to, to do that. I think there's lots, lots more opportunities ahead of you. With totally. that. But it's not easy to do. And you, it's true. Yeah. And now we look at like all the deferral options and stuff you're doing. And now everybody's just spreading out and yeah, you can try true. again for next year. But how can you, it was just like the coming together of people is tough. I know. Yeah. But the deferral options were awesome. Holy, I was well done. Yeah. I was, I, I loved in our group, like a couple people were bashing Ironman before they even gave them a chance. And I'm like, I feel like Tremblant is a different vibe where they're actually going to give some good options for this. Like I was actually positive on this and holy, they maybe gave like the best options I've ever seen from a race. Yeah, so they gave, they moved, first of all, the 70.3 for the people that want it to the same day as the Ironman, which Tremblant, I don't think like the Ironman itself isn't a massive race to begin with. So adding in a 70.3, where I don't think a ton of people are going to transfer over anyways, is a cool option for people that want to get it in this year. They also gave 2024 Tremblant so you could move to next year you could do another 70.3 that wasn't sold out they would give a refund if you wanted it or you could upgrade to the full for no additional cost so like wow literally any option you could ask for they gave it so like, people will still be mad somehow I know we'll but kudos to Iron Man on that they didn't have to give that menu of options so I feel like for as much uh, slack as we give them and enough things that they do cut corners on and can be dicks on sometimes like they crush this one I got a big kudos to them and I think that maybe comes down more to the Tromblon team as opposed to maybe Ironman as a whole hard to say yeah that was my first reaction when I found out just having events as part of what I do for my day-to-day -day work I just like instantly had one of those like oh this like the poor race organizers yeah because the reality is as sad as I am they're much sadder like the amount of time and effort, like they were the last people that wanted to cancel that. Yeah, so 100%. really, I just felt badly. Yeah, I know. As somebody who's done events that have got canceled like that, when I was working concerts back in the day and like the stage collapsed before a Radiohead concert, like the same sort of thing you put, everything gets built up and then it's just thrown away in a second. And like, it is the worst thing as an organizer to be a part of that Ugh. and then the disassemble is as sad as like yeah set up you have all this anticipation and tear down like for, of when the event actually happens like that's exhausting but something happened it yeah. just felt like an exercise in futility and you can tell all these great stories of the hilarious things you saw that yeah. day or the inspiring things and then you're just like well let's go clean up all these moths and <laughs> it was like apocalyptic it like was... creepy like smoky the sun was red and there's moths everywhere like where that what is happening to the world I know. It, it's like i i mean another call out like it's just it's really sad obviously we live in canada and just seeing the amount of forest fires that there is like it's 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 really affecting the air quality here and it's obviously affecting our forests and it's it's sad we were talking this morning on a run i don't think like maybe i don't have a very good memory from when i was a kid but like you do um do you ever remember fires like this, like being around? No. Yeah. I I don't. I don't remember this in my lifetime. What are we living through these last couple of years? Pandemic and to friggin' yeah, housing crisis going on to smoke everywhere. What is happening? And you know what I do remember that we had when I was a kid that I don't feel like we have anymore in terms of weather. I promise this ties in. Um, was during the winter time, 
were the snowstorms. So I remember we had this garage and we would like climb up on top of our garage roof. And like, we were kids, like I'm talking like eight to 10 and like run from the very peak of the roof and just run down the roof and just jump into the snow. And it was so deep that we could almost disappear into it. It doesn't snow like that anymore. Global warming. I know. Well, climate change. Yeah. Pretty wild. like, we need to care about. So from that tremblant part, um, how did you feel about it? I don't think we, we touched on that. What I just was your said that. I felt I my first emotion was like just a lot of empathy for the race organizers. Oh, yeah. okay. um, truthfully, like, I don't know. I was excited for the race, but I still like I'm getting back into that race groove. So I, I was, I wasn't mad. Yeah. So I, what, uh, what option are you going to take on the deferral? So I took a very uncharacteristic angle and you were with me last night where I was just li- like going back and forth and truly lamenting because one of the things uh in the way that I operate is I want to try and do everything all at once and so and the most epic thing always. yeah like <laughs> I I want to I just want to jam-pack my schedule overcommit. that's that's something that I have done too much of in the past so obviously I wanted to do the Ironman and it was difficult because as my coach, you were saying, you know, you could do Tremblant full, which was really exciting for me. I love the Ironman distance. Um, and I could recover in time for Kona. But when I thought about it, I realized, you know, it's pretty much like 50-50. Um, it's similar experiences. It's just one has more risk. So ultimately, I decided to go with one that is less risk and is guaranteed for a little bit more consistency, which is my goal because I have big goals ahead. So I'm doing Trumbull Half, um, which this year, this year, yeah, nice. yeah. Um, but it was hard because there was like I was coming home to tell you I was doing the full yesterday, <laughs> and I talked myself out of it, which is not very much like me yeah i was just gonna lay out the pros and cons of each and let you make a decision so wow maturity as an athlete i figured you would have pulled towards the full as well i know are you proud of my decision indifferent do you not care yeah i honestly think either of them would have worked but i definitely you need to be all in if you're doing an iron man so i know i just i and you know what who knows maybe kona won't be great but i want to at least give myself a chance for it to be great totally yeah, yeah. how and about you yeah i decided i'm gonna take the the bump to the full why not? So I already had Maryland planned for September and like, honestly, the bridge to doing Tremblant a couple weeks earlier and gives me two kind of cracks at an Ironman and Cody Beals is doing three in eight weeks. I can do two in five weeks or whatever it is. So it's true. yeah, I really, I like that Tremblant course. I had a rough one there a couple years ago and just feel like I'm a, a totally different athlete than that. Why? And when you get a free upgrade for a, an Ironman, why not take it? Take and it. and now you get to now you get to cheer me on because you can't come to Maryland. You get to cheer me on at this one. So it's a win-win. I know. Are you mad that I'm not coming to Maryland? No. I have fine. a work event. Yeah. It's all right. I'm not uh, I'm not really somebody who like needs a Sherpa or needs support. Like I can do it mostly internally. So I will create an artificial intelligence version of myself and oh, I will send it along. That is creepy. <laughs> Cue the cardboard cutout. <laughs> AI. <laughs> We got to make that happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So some of the cool things that I've been working on is just making my bike a lot better. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of our guests recently was talking about bike fit and how just, you know, how you should probably look at it year over year. And I do notice that as I work on my mobility and flexibility, 
And just, you know, honestly, as I get older, sometimes checking in with where you are in flexibility. So I just did a bike fit and then I did a few adjustments in terms of um, the front of my bike. And oh my gosh, the difference it makes. Like, so what did you change? Um, well, the armrests, and I'm going to get new extenders. Um, we actually lifted um, and re-angled where the aero bars are. Um, and what is I love about that is it took some pressure off my low back. And I've talked a little bit about the fact that I've had some back issues. And it moved it into, and now when I cycle, I feel it more in my lats and my glutes. Um, and I just feel like I'm driving from a more powerful place. Nice. So yeah, I, I honestly, I feel immediately faster on the bike, um, stronger and I get less fatigued. So there's, I think I'm going to do some special things on the bike this year. Yeah. There's nothing worse than like back pain while doing aero. Those were some of the things I had to fix in the last couple of years. And like, man, it's nice when you, when it comes down and it's more like sort of hip stuff that you need to deal with. Cause you know, you can work on that off the bike. Like I do tons of adductor and hip strengthening and mobility stuff. And like that it's way easier to do than like back pain where it's just like, cause of the position and you can't necessarily like you can strengthen it a bit, but it's more just like awkward positioning. So that's a, that's a big move for you. And that new aero bottle you have a sweet too. Oh yeah. I got a new aero, aero bottle and then a new spot for my bike computer. So it just, I've optimized so much and it just feels good. And I'm excited to ride my bike. It's been great. Yeah. That bike has been sweet for you. I know. I really like it. I ride an Argon. Um, question for you. And cause you mentioned all the stretch stretching and mobility. One of the things that I like about triathlon is that there's so many different moving parts that you can always be optimizing. Would you say that your mobility and your stretching is one of your, what's your main focus this year? Yeah, it's hundred percent that. Cause I've always felt I've had, especially on the bike, a, a bigger engine. Cause I've never really been, I found I could breathe like super hard or like really felt like I was going to the max on the bike. I would always just like um, get fatigued adductors and hip wise. So um, there's the great thing about Instagram is there's so many like resources out there and like sports sort of physios and strength coaches and stuff you can follow there. Plus like our strength coach Adam in there too. And like, I found more and more like, sure, I need to do some of the mobility stuff, but working on the adductor and hip strength stuff is actually like the biggest difference for me. And like, holy pushing like the best power I ever have. Well, being able to hold a nice arrow position the whole time and not be uncomfortable in there has been like a game changer on the bike, which has historically been my weakest part of a triathlon. So it's exciting. Amazing. Yeah. And my swims coming, man, I was going to have such a good swim at that race. So are you, man, we were on the cusp. I know my swimming is coming. I think that that's like, I've really been like, I've added an extra session every week and I've just been, we've been working with a specialized swim coach this year. And it's making a difference. Remember your, tell them about your first swim versus your first open water swim this year versus what you were doing in Tremblant. Oh, it was like, I don't know. Was it almost like 20 seconds difference? Yeah. It's like, per yeah, hundred meters. Think like 17 seconds per hundred. You were swimming like low one fifties. And honestly, your stroke looked absolutely horrible. That first time I saw it in the I open was water. So mad that day. <laughs> so angry on the way home because I was like I'm doing everything I can and I'm garbage I thought, well, you, were I'm gonna quit. I thought you were gonna quit triathlon honestly <laughs> I was waiting for it well I I just it was one of those moments where I didn't understand why it was so hard but that leads into what I've been working on this year I told you early on that what I have to work on the most is not really sports at all but it's more mindset mm -hmm. so I've been like positive vibes only 
So I was frustrated that day, but even, okay. So even the workout that I had right after Tremblant, we like tapered hard and carb loaded for like a really great eight hour ride home. (laughs) (laughs) So I was expecting the first workout back that I would be sort of chomping at the bit. I would have this amazing performance. Um, but no, that's what you had. Um, I was struggling like systemically. I felt so off. It was, I was the worst on that workout. And when I finished, I think that you were expecting me to be like upset at all in some way. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, well, wasn't my day and moved on and went into the house. And it was actually that workout that really highlighted all of the hard work that I've done in terms of mindset. Like when I have a really great workout, like today, for instance, like it's just a day it has. So it's a, it's an indicator but it's not the indicator of my fitness. Mm -hmm. It all ties together and I'm going to have good days and bad days. And I knew that before, but I truly get it now, which is. Yeah. People want to chalk up their fitness to a single workout or a single FTP test or something like that, but you need to look how you're trending over time. And are you better than you were a a month or so ago, both consistent wise and like just the general numbers and feelings that you're getting during that time is so important. And I think people lose sight of that a lot. Yeah. So I I mean, there's moments of frustration, but I think where I like the mindset that I've really worked to cultivate is then I don't give up. Even if I don't see immediate results, I'm like, well, just keep showing up, Mm -hmm. like refresh, find like the joy in the training. Um, what can you focus on? What is positive lean on that. And what is exciting for me is it always comes. Totally. And it's, it's one of those things. I feel like if you take care of those like pillars of performance, we're talking about every time and just like, make sure you're doing all those things around training, nutrition, recovery, sleep, like your strength, mobility stuff. Like eventually if you keep at it and you're getting whatever enough, like stress and volume on there that like the workouts don't need to be this like exact perfect science of stuff. If you're consistent over time and do all the right things so you can absorb it, like you're going to get better. Are you doing anything new or notable in any of the pillars right now? Um, no, I think it's again, just that mobility strength part that like is such a huge factor for me. And when I'm like, um, when I'm really good about just doing a lot of that act and my strength stuff these days is not nothing intense. It's more like activation stuff in those key areas. And when I take care of the mobility and those like strength pieces, like, holy, it's just, I have such good workouts. So that's the only thing I'm really doing there. I'm already in a good spot fitness wise. So it's just like those final pieces on the way to Tremblant that I, I need to take care of around nutrition and sleep to absorb the training, but I'm not even going to I'm erring on the side of being maybe a little bit undercooked going into trauma versus trying to do like five weeks of extreme stuff. It'll just be a little bump on what I've done there to, to get there. But I like where I'm already at. So it's just like, just put the icing on top and don't do anything dumb to set yourself backwards. No, one of the the pillars that I've been leaning on, because when I asked you, I'm like, oh shoot, what am I doing? Um, I'm working really hard on that. It's a recovery element. It's sort of like recovery and nutrition all tied into one. So my nighttime routine, I had let it slip for a while, but, um, having my protein every night with, um, my supplements. So the supplements that I take, I take fish oil every single day, magnesium, vitamin D calcium. Um, every day I've got some like greens powder, not athletic greens. Um, what else do I take? I have like five HTP. I've got a whole bunch of them, but they're all like from working with our naturopath and just blood tests and deciding like what's going to help me and bolster. And I find that 
what did I say this morning? I was like, I have an elevated sense of well-being with all my supplements that I've been taking. So I just like, I feel good energy. I'm not like, sometimes if I am not consistent with my magnesium, I'll cramp in the pool, especially in my night swims. So yeah, I've been feeling good lately and I've been like picking up on that routine, which is nice. So many of those people are pumping it out. And I'm very interested to maybe try it at some point, but that uh, pillar performance, triple magnesium that people are, are pumping out there. So pillar performance, if you hear this, please uh, sponsor the podcast and send us some stuff, but yeah, we'll take some samples. Why <laughs> yeah. Not? It looks we'll try like anything once everybody's promoting it. And it's saying it's like a game changer for feeling good, like overnight there. So be an interesting one to try. Interesting. Yeah. We'll check yeah. it out. So do we want to do our quick hitters? Yeah, let's do our rapid fire section to finish. So. Okay. So Mark, actually, I am so proud of Mark. Like I might might never be more in love with you um, because one of the things about me is that I love questions. Um, we actually made a joke about it in our engagement shoot where I bought a book called 4,000 Questions. We actually have like a little journal um, called uh, Questions I think 365 questions or a question a day for you and me or something. And so every day he gets asked a question. I'm always like, I love questions. So They're the four, the 4,000 questions only lasted the first day. So we had to, <laughs> we had to get the, the 365 one out and only one question per day is allowed. So we needed to put the governor on her or it would have been 4,000 a day. And then we'd have nothing to talk about ever. So, so Mark, what's funny is Mark is a, like a very uh, simple doesn't, isn't the right word. Like, um, yeah, simple. Like you're, you're not, you're not a complex person. And I love that about you. Um, but I believe that you're always learning about a person. So I, I know you very well, probably like, I know if you would grow wings where you would fly to, which is not a normal thing that married couples know. Um, but the interesting thing is we're going to introduce and bring that questions to, to this. And I love that Mark brought this into the podcast. So, um, I'll ask you the first question. Uh, what current book are you reading? Yeah. So I'm actually reading a, a coaching related one, which I think it's right. I think it's right behind me here. Let me just look at the title of it again. So it's called Coaching Athletes to Be Their Best. I couldn't remember the exact title of it and didn't want to butcher it. But essentially, it's around like the mindset of helping athletes become better. Because I, I feel like I've always been strong at the like training side of things, but really continuing to hone in on that athlete psychology of like really personalizing training for each athlete. And like everybody brings a different mindset to it. So like how are the ways that I can become a better coach around that to make sure that I'm I'm servicing those athletes the as best I can and, and customizing things to make sure that they're improving because the mindset is such a massive thing. I was just talking to one of my athletes today who like I'm looking at their training peaks and going like your workouts are like great and like you've been consistent, but like you are just mentally like ahead of every single workout, like cannibalizing your workout because you're just like so in your own head around these things. So like how are the how can you work with each athlete to optimize that stuff. So it's been super interesting around the mental side of working with athletes. Do you think that you read mostly nonfiction books like about triathlon? Um, yeah, I've been enjoying the odd like fiction book here and there, but yeah, I find I, I actually got away from reading a lot and we're just hammering podcasts a lot, but now I'm finding more and more, it's nice to have that release kind of before bed where you just put the phone and podcasts and stuff away and do some reading and helps you go to sleep. So are you reading that poker book I gave you? Oh, yes. I'm actually reading that as well. What's that one called? Um, the um, something blind something. Nice. <laughs> Let me quickly Google it. Say, 
but it's essentially around like a person who had never played poker before and they're like a psychologist and they um, go through pretty much making yeah becoming a professional poker player it's so good um and it teaches you so many really great lessons um I'm not going to get it and we're not going to wait around till I find it, but um, maybe we'll actually put it in the show notes so that people can read it because I actually read it and then told you to read it because it's so good. Clearly the title isn't memorable though. <laughs> that um, has been interesting. So what are you reading right now? So back to like my whole toxic trait of signing up for everything and chew- taking more than I can chew. I also was an English literature major. So I love reading, like love it, love it. Um, so I always have more than one book on the go. Um, and currently I'm in three book clubs. So I'm reading three books right now. First is Becoming by Michelle Obama. I've never read that book. So it's been really interesting. Um, and then I'm reading Mame by Jessica George. And then I'm reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. And actually, um, the fourth book for the third, um, book club that I'm a part of is, uh, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Nice. So lots of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have to work on these, uh, quick hitter parts. I I went on a spiel, a friggin' send on that first book part. So no, it's great. I'll do better next time. I love books. (laughs) Um, all right. Second question of the day. What is your, to date, your favorite race location that you've done? And is it, is it because of the race location or your race performance is kind of a follow-up piece to that? It's really hard to separate that because Ooh. don't you find that often the better the race, the more you like the location? Um, it's hard to say. I feel like mine's not necessarily going to be that, but fire away. So I have two. Um, number one favorite, Ironman Canada. Um, that's in Penticton. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's not just because yeah, I won. That was a such a beautiful area. spot. Yeah, totally. Although agree. I could go back and forth because Lake Placid mm-hmm. is, I think... Yeah. It depends on the day, like Placid or Penticton. They're just, they're, they're so similar too. Um, and which is why I wanted to do, um, Ironman, um, Montremblant because I feel like that sort of like is in the same vibe, which I will always love races like that. Yeah. It is. Those three are all very similar. Nice. Um, I would say mine, I actually really enjoyed when we raced in Nice, France. Ooh, yeah, that was nice. Um, more, I feel like, just because of the amount of gelato and pizza and pasta we ate after in Italy. So I feel like that was more of the the trip as a whole. But that, like, course and area was so beautiful, too. Like, what an epic bike course where you just go so slow because you're climbing a mountain and then so afraid on the descent while people are just sending it so i had a blast at that race yeah and that's going to be wild to see ironman world champs i just saw they put out the course for that there too and it's going to be a crazy race there holy hard Mm. race yeah i want to go back there yeah such a good spot um all right next up what is your favorite race distance slash type so i'm talking like either uh running race or triathlon and then as well like specific distance i think it's so hard i i gotta pick one to do for the rest of your life every single day what's it gonna be iron man's because (laughs) every day okay iron cowboy (laughs) no but well you wouldn't rate but like training for it and that's where like before you started coaching me the reason that i settled on triathlon as my sport is because i was like doing crit racing and mountain bike racing and road running and trail running and adventure racing. And you made me focus. So I focused on the one that gave me three options. 
So I didn't make you do anything. You chose. You to... encouraged me to yeah. be my best, and yeah, that panned out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um. On that note, if you were doing an Iron Man a day, there's a uh, that Sean Conway guy who's trying to beat uh, Iron Cowboy's record is currently on day number 80 of his Iron Man journey. So he's trying to go 102 to beat Iron Cowboy. I think the Iron Cowboy wakes up every day and just like refreshes his phone. He's like, who is this Sean guy? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what that dynamic would be. Would he be like supportive of it? Or would he be like, damn it? I feel who like is he has guy? to be outwardly. Yeah. Like he can't, but probably inside he's a competitive yeah. man. He'd be like, damn it, I gotta go do 103. Yeah, Sean Conway adventure for anybody that wants to follow that. But Oh, I feel like you. There's few people that can understand the pain and what goes into that. So I feel like you'd have to have a mutual respect for each other. I think so. Like it's so impressive Man. what they're doing. No kidding. I would not do one a day, just for yeah. the record. Fair enough. Um, I feel like my favorite race distance or type. I feel like it would be a half marathon running race would be my favorite. I just love that distance, and yeah, it's a nice mix of endurance, but also pinning it for the twenty-one k. So I think that would be my choice. All right, final two questions here. We're going into food. So I feel like we need to get a, a good conversation chat going. We'll get a, a poll or a question going on Instagram after this to because I feel like this is going to divide the masses on their favorite and least favorite food. So maybe start on your favorite food. What would be something that you could just eat every day for the rest of your life? Oh my God. So, but like, that's different. My favorite <laughs> food could be different. Okay, than we'll what just go favorite food. We won't make you go. <laughs> so now you're gonna pick on detail here here we go i know well because like i, I okay we'll save that one for the we'll save that one for the next podcast and this is like very similar to the like the race distance and type because there's like i love so many foods all right we'll give I, you the ultimatum one on the next one and then you can this is just the favorites today i okay so like maybe like a 13 course italian tasting menu <laughs> that's not one food <laughs> um I don't know, cereal, sandwiches. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's what you go to. You can, I feel like you might like a nice like steak or something like that. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I have the like, you need to eat it every day for the rest of your life stuck in my head. Yeah. So, um, Mine would be pasta. So it's going to be some pasta. sort of pasta, yeah. whether it's mac and cheese or lasagna. I, I renege on the cereal. I think like just like a really, really good sandwich. I love Fair sandwiches. Enough. Yeah, I would maybe go lasagna as my number I one. Know. I know you love, love it. it. All right. And let's finish it off with what is your food hell? Okay. My food hell is sitting down at a table where you need to be super polite. Someone has made it for you. And it's all like organ meats and like oh. tripe and Ooh. like stomach lining and like brains and eyeballs. So like some of the horror stories that you hear of like, I don't know, like, people traveling and needing to sit down with that I think like not a vegetable in sight and yeah just a bunch of organ meats oh yeah that sounds pretty I nasty. win <laughs> <laughs> so my food hell actually is a story that happened to me Ooh. um so when I was on my European adventure barely had any drinks on that trip um but I was at Oktoberfest and couple you're you're a couple masses deep during the day there um, those are what the steins are. I was in gonna Germany. say I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I figured I might need to be clear on that. Uh, but you're a couple like steins deep, and you're not really paying attention that well. And I went to this like food counter to um, get some food in the middle of the day, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna. There's that looks like a nice like breaded chicken sandwich there. 
So ordered it and it was all in like German. So I didn't really know what the names were, but um, pulled it out, wasn't really paying attention and took this bite. And it turned out to be this like really weird fish sandwich. Okay. And it was just so gross. The taste that literally like I was like gagging, almost vomiting. And then literally for months and months after I couldn't like get this taste out of my mouth. And then any, yeah, anytime my friend Mike, who was on the trip there with me, would mention anything about a fish sandwich, I would just start gagging. So it was like one of those. Interesting. Yeah, it was just absolutely horrible. So for forever, it's that fish sandwich at Oktoberfest. So Steer if I'm clear. I'm mad at you. I'm making fish sandwiches. Well, there's, I've had other fish sandwiches that are delicious, but that was not one of them. Uh, my yeah. food health almost kind of happened. Like well, back when I was doing environmental journalism, I needed to go to like, this chef was making this meal and it was like, we were all supposed to sit down and review this situation. And he put down tripe soup and then it followed up with like liver. So like I have been in that situation. I don't know if I've had either of those and I'm not really that inclined to ever. I'll make it for you with a fish sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Nice three course gourmet meal. (laughs) Tripe soup to start. Nice liver appetizer and finish with a fish sandwich. Here we go. <laughs> so that is to appease that little section Um, for our YouTube audience really wants to hear more about us. So there you go. Um, And we'll, we'll we in turn want to hear more about you. I will ask these questions online. I want to hear all about what is your favorite food? What is your food hell? And we'll keep this uh, little section going in the future. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening to us babble on about everything triathlon and weird shit about us. So we'll keep that coming so you can get to know us better. Yeah, but we'll be back to regular scheduling next week with a special guest and we hope that you have happy training and we'll see you then. Wow. How great was that? I always learned so much from these endurance icons. If you enjoyed the podcast as well, please consider liking us across social media, subscribing to us on YouTube, or giving us a five-star rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you and your support so much. We wish you happy training, and we'll see you back next week.